0: So beautiful for spacious sky forever.
1: something we cherish in this country. The idea of a free society is embedded into the very core of our nation. Many have died defending it, and many have fought diligently to preserve it. So where has it gone? We've become a nation bound by division, chained by hatred, and consumed by selfishness. There's an epidemic of violence poverty, brokenness. Does this look like freedom? The Bible tells us we're called to be free, but it also says to use that freedom to serve one another humbly, in love. Maybe that's what we're missing in America. Today, we celebrate Independence Day. Perhaps it's time we recognize that True independence is found only in a lasting dependence on God. For where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom.
2: This month, I hope if I... Put that on. This month uh, we are seeing the result of a Supreme Court decision meted out all across our nation um, to overturn the landmark Supreme Court decision of Roe v. Wade. And now it's very significant that in 1972 that decision, the original decision, was made to legalize, to give people the right to murder children in the womb all throughout the, the nation in 1972. And then 50 years later, it was overturned by the Supreme Court. In the Bible, that number is significant. 50 years is significant because that's the year of Jubilee. That's the period Of time for the year of Jubilee. Whenever things are overturned. The land is given back. The the slaves are set free. And all of these things happen. On the year of Jubilee. And on that year. The nation of Israel would celebrate. The fact that God had called them. And sanctified them as his holy people. And listen. Hey. That's what we ought to be doing. Right now. Today. Is celebrating. What God has done. 50 years later. From 1972 to 2022, overturning Roe v. Wade and giving life back uh, to unborn babies. It's the answer to our prayer. It it is something very significant, something we've been praying for for a very, very long time. Um, My whole life, we've been praying that God would end the horror of abortion in our now it's not over yet. There's still battles to be fought. And so there's lots more to pray about. I want you to think about with me. Psalm 33 verses 10 through 12. The Lord brings the counsel of the nations to nothing. He frustrates the plans of the peoples. The counsel of the Lord stands forever. Amen. The plans of his heart. To all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. Amen. Amen. Pray with me. Father, we thank you so much for your presence here with us today. Lord, we thank you for the freedom that we celebrate in Christ and the freedom that we celebrate in this nation to be able to worship our Savior in spirit and truth today with the freedom of not being persecuted, Lord, we thank you for all the blessings that you've poured out upon us. We thank you for the end of Roe v. Wade. Lord, we thank you so much for the life that you give and now the life that will be protected all across this nation. Lord, may we as a people continue to live out what we believe in our hearts and do so in the freedom that you give us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: There it is. Amen, right? If y'all would stand up and let's sing together. Let's praise and worship our King. To name, to call on a savior, to fall on your grace. In the name of the Father, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Spirit, Lord, we come. We gather together to lift every name, to call on a savior fall on your grace. Hear the joyful sound of our offering. As your saints bow down, as your people sing, we will rise with you, lifted on your wings. And the grace, and hear the joyful sound of our own melody. as your saints bow down, as you saints that I'll tell-
3: God saves, and we're just grateful that we're able to be here to worship together this morning and that we have the freedom uh, to worship this morning as well. We know there are places across our world where those freedoms are not protected, and again, we're just grateful for those who have have fought and those who have uh, paid the price for our freedoms that we enjoy. Again, as I said, just welcome this morning. If you're a guest, again, we're glad that you're here today. Again, if there's a prayer request or something that you'd want to share with us this morning or any information, there's a tab in your bulletin. Uh, that, that you can put that in the offering plate later on in the service. A couple of uh, reminders that we have to do this morning. Again, just to remember, next Sunday morning after the service, we have our special call business meeting as far as uh, amending the bylaws and whatnot of the church for uh, for deacon uh, qualifications. And again, that will be after the service uh, next Sunday morning as well. Also, again, just want to remind you guys, Key Majors is coming up this Thursday, and I know we have Sue was telling me about the menu don't want to miss it have a good program hamburgers and hot dogs and ice cream Sundays and good fellowship so again hope to see you guys on thursday morning and also a week from tomorrow vacation bible school starts if you want to help with that see drew or see miss carol sandy uh, and i know they'll hopefully be able to plug you in but i know there's a need for snacks uh, if you there's a list out in the foyer If you want to help us with that or donate toward that, please uh, do so this week, and again, also if you have children, grandchildren, neighbors, whoever to to register or pre-register, if you get those guys pre-register this week, either the paper or online, I know that'll help the Monday go a lot more smoothly as we try to get everybody situated, so again, now let's just continue to worship.
4: If y'all would stand with me.
0: worthy of every song we could ever sing worthy of all the praise we could ever breathe worthy of every breath we could ever breathe and if we Jesus, your name above every other name, Jesus, the only one who could ever sing, worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you, oh, we live for you, we sing holy, holy, there is no one with
4: sing. Uh, <laughs> join me in prayer, please. Dear God, I thank you for this day that we have the time to come together, Lord, and the freedom to do so, Lord. And I thank you for this country, Lord, that that you have given us that we live in, Lord. You have blessed us beyond belief, Lord, and I just pray that you would uh, continue to do so, Lord. And I lift up the tithes and offerings today, Lord, that you would uh, lead us in the way that you would have us use them. To further your kingdom, Lord, I I pray a blessing on those tithes and offerings, Lord, and I pray that if there's anyone here today, Lord, that does not know you as their personal Savior, Lord, I pray that today is the day they make that decision. All this I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Amen.
0: Attractions in this world. Let me.
2: your Bible with me to 1 Peter chapter 1. 1 Peter chapter 1, if you get to the end of your Bible, back there in the maps somewhere, and then turn left a few pages, you'll be in 1 Peter. Um, And we are talking about the word of the Lord. We're talking about getting back to the Bible. This will be the, the final, the concluding message in that series as we think about how God's Word is authoritative for our life, and how God's Word is life-giving and life-breathing, how it is something that's a special book. It's not just any book. It's supernatural. It's living, and it's active, and it changes us whenever we allow it into our hearts. You can't have the Word in you without the Word coming out. And that's uh, really, really important for us to remember today. We're going to talk about how the Word of God, it never fails us that it will remain forever, and we're going to talk about weatherproofing your life with the Word of God. Amen? And so, uh, that's what we're talking about. And, and we look around us at the world today, and we think, wow, this, the world is going to hell in a handbasket really quickly. And we look at all the things that are happening in our world today, and it can be discouraging. But, you know, there was a time in our nation's history whenever it was a lot worse. The 1930s were really dark times, probably the darkest times In our nation's history. The stock market crashed. The Great Depression followed. Drought in the West caused the farmlands of America's breadbasket to dry up. Then the wind began to blow. And 75% of the topsoil of the Great Plains became airborne. The dust storms were so thick that you could not see your hand in front of your face. In the middle of these storms. They called it the great American dust bowl. Giant dust clouds. Dumped dirt across the eastern United States. As far as Washington D.C. I mean from the great plains all the way to the. Almost to the east coast. People were suffering. They called it uh, for that reason. uh, That decade. The dirty 30s. The dirty 30s. People who survived those years tell stories of how their mothers would and grandmothers would cover the windows with sheets and stuff wet towels and and socks in the cracks in the windows and in the siding of the house to try to keep the dust out. Children would set the table with the plates upside down until it was time for everyone to come and sit at the table to try to keep the dust from settling on the plates Houses were not fit to weather the dust storms. And all in all, it was one of the greatest man-made ecological disasters that have ever hit, not just this nation, but the world. We tend to forget about these kinds of things. Uh, but our nation has weathered some storms, hasn't it? Not just our nation, though, but you and your life living here in Pensacola have weathered some storms, haven't you? When I first moved here, I came and preached four Sundays, and then we shut everything down. (laughs) We stayed shut down for three months for COVID. We have weathered the COVID storm. And then toward the end of 2020, we had Sally, Hurricane Sally. We weathered that storm together, didn't we? And you have storms in your own life. We all have storms. The nation has Storms. From earthquakes to wildfires to hurricanes to tornadoes. It seems like we're always hearing of some sort of disaster. And then in our own personal lives, we've got financial hardship, relational strain, health issues. Job troubles, the suffering that comes because of loss, the loss of a loved one. And nationally, we have political unrest, economic instability, rumors of wars. And wars. And all of these things. They make us wonder what is stable. What will last. In a changing world. What will stay permanent. What will last forever. And here's the thing. God's word. The word of God is the building material. That you need. To weatherproof your spiritual life life. God's word is because everything else is shifting sand, but the word of God will last forever. Now, Peter's giving instructions to a church, to churches in the northern part of Asia Minor that are undergoing significant persecution. Right now, as Peter is writing, it's Verbal and they're being maligned and they're being accused of things. And pretty soon it's going to be physical as many of them are tortured and put to death because of their faith. And it's been happening to the church ever since. But Peter wants this church to be steadfast and unshakable in their faith. And so he gives them these instructions that we see in the first letter of Peter to the churches of the Diaspora. And I want us to read part of this together. Look at verse 22 and stand with us and read together. Peter says to the church, having purified your souls by your obedience to the what? The truth. We understand that his word is truth. For a sincere brotherly love Love one another earnestly from a pure heart. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. For all flesh is like grass and all its glory like the flower of the grass, the grass withers and the flower falls But the word of the Lord remains forever. And this word is the good news that was preached to you. Let us pray together. Father, we thank you for your word today. Words of life, words of wisdom, words that will last forever. God, we pray that you would plant these words deeply within our hearts. And Lord, as a people, that we would grow up and we would grow strong and we would grow out. And, Father, that we would be a people that is worthy to carry your word to a world that's lost, dying, and hurting. And, Lord, that we'll see the fruit of that labor. Father, that you would shape us and mold us into the people that you want us to be even now, Lord. Give me words to speak as I proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. In his name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. Peter wants them to weatherproof their lives against the storms of persecution and the storms of heartache and loss and suffering. And Peter tells them, uh, don't, don't be alarmed whenever these trials come upon you because every Christian is going to suffer. He says all the Christians throughout the world are suffering the same kinds of trouble and trial and tribulation. And nobody told you whenever you got saved that you were signing yourself up for trouble. Because they wanted to be able to baptize you and add you to the role. They didn't want you to run away. We don't tell Christians, new believers that. But let me tell you the truth right now, if you haven't heard. There will be trouble for the Christian. There will be difficulty in your life. If you don't have trouble right now, just wait a little while, it's going to find you. It will find you as a Christian. And it will come to you simply because you are a Christian simply because you proclaim Jesus Christ. The moment that you say, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and Savior, is the moment that you inherit a sworn enemy against you and your life and the people of God. And he's going to come at you with everything that he has. All of the arsenals of hell are going to be aimed at you and your life. Now, that's not meant to scare you. But that's the reality that we all face. So how do we deal with that? Well, we've got to, because we know that the trouble and persecution, the storms of life are going to come up against us. And trials and tribulations are going to blow against us. We have to weatherproof our lives with the word of God. I'm going to share with you some practical insight how to build a life that can weather any storm. The storms of trials and tribulations. Ultimately, that you will be preserved on the day of judgment, on the last day, that last trial that we'll all face, which is the judgment seat of Christ. And so, number one, here's what we need in order to weatherproof our lives spiritually. We need a firm foundation. You need a firm foundation. Everybody just stomp your foot if you're paying attention. Stomp your foot. Aren't you thankful that we've got a firm foundation that this building is built upon? I'm thankful that we do. In the opening chapter of this letter uh, to the churches of the diaspora, uh, Peter wants to let them understand that they need a firm foundation. And then carrying that theme on through into chapter 2. But here's what he says in verse 22 again. He says, Having purified your souls by the obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since... You have been born again. What he's telling them is, when the winds blow and the rain pours into Christian's life, knowing Christ makes all the difference. And if you don't know him and you don't have that foundation, when the rain comes down and the wind blows, you have nothing to hold your life up. There's nothing there. I remember whenever I was working for my dad as a a carpenter, Working for him and uh, he's a contractor and he's been invited to this home to come look and inspect it and to give an estimate of what it will cost to repair this home. And we go into the home and, and, and it's like, you know, you ever been in one of those fun houses at the carnival? And that's what it was like walking into that house. One wall was leaning this way. The other one was leaning that way. The ceiling was doing this. The floor was all up and down. And you go into the house and you're like, whoa, I feel like I'm going to fall down. And so we start peeling back some of the layers. My dad starts peeling back some of the layers. He climbs up under the house. He's looking at it and everything. And finally, he comes up out from under the house and he walks over to uh, the, the couple and he says to them, I'm really sorry, but. I will not be giving you an estimate on repairing this house. Your foundation is so terrible that anything I do to this house will never last. If I put something up, it's going to fall down. You need to start over. And I'm not going to do that for you. He basically told them they're not getting a quote. They're not getting an estimate for that house. And so we walked away from that house and the the husband was red-faced and the wife had tears in her eyes. What did we do buying this house with such a terrible foundation? For some of us, the reason why our spiritual life is in shambles is because we have a bad foundation. And see what... Peter tells the church is, you've been born again and you need to love each other with a sincere sincere faith. And it's all because of your obedience to the truth. And what he was reminding them is, there was a day that you put your faith in Christ as your Lord and Savior. And that was the foundation that was laid. You heard the truth. Just like the Thessalonian church last week. They heard the truth and they accepted it. They believed it. And they began to put it into practice in their life. And Peter is reminding these churches, listen, go back to that foundation and check that foundation. Make sure that that foundation is sure. How many of you know that you can't build a house on a bad foundation? You know that that's true. you got a crack in the foundation. you got to deal with it first. So he says, love one another from a pure heart, a heart that's been changed. There's life change that's happened because of that. And then he says, since you've been born again. So I wonder, is that true of you today? Where you sit in the pew right there. Do you have a new heart? A different heart? A pure heart? Do you have life change that's happened because you have obeyed the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ by putting your faith in Jesus? Has something changed in you? Has that foundation been laid? And automatically, the Christians in the room, you ought to be thinking about that day. That you said yes to Jesus. And if today, if you're sitting in that pew and you can't remember that day where you really truly put your faith in Jesus and you were born again that day, you were changed, your heart was changed, God gave you a new heart and gave you a new life and a new outlook. If that has never happened for you, this message is for you, for you to check that foundation. And if that foundation has not been laid, you need to go back, dig down, and get your heart right today. By trusting in Jesus Christ. Peter knew that the church could stand the test of persecution because because they had been founded upon the bedrock of faith in Jesus Christ. Whatever house, whether it be a nation founded on the principles of God's Word, or a church on the corner of Lillian Highway and 61st Avenue, or the White House, or a courthouse, or the schoolhouse, or your house, a house that is not founded on the solid rock of Jesus Christ, will ultimately fall. It will fall. And for your own personal life, you need to build your life on the bedrock of Christ. Later in chapter 2, verse 5, Peter says, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be whole, a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God. Through whom? Through Jesus Christ. You've got to start with that foundation. No house can stand without that foundation. Matthew 7, 24, Jesus said, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The same theme, we see it in all throughout Scripture. But in the Psalms 119, uh, David says, Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. It's a spiritual foundation that you can build on. Psalm 127, verse 1, Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. So, you know this declaration I have, you know where I have it? I have it right there on my nightstand on a drink coaster. And it's Joshua 24, 15. Do you know it? It's on a it's on a on a coaster. <laughs> so every time I set my water bottle down in the evening, I read Joshua 24:15. Remember what it says? Let this be your declaration. Joshua was saying to the people of Israel right there on the bank of the Jordan River, he said, And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers that they serve uh, beyond the region, uh, beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. As for me and my house, what? We will serve the Lord. Let that be your declaration. Decide to build your rock. Listen, you can't serve the Lord if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. If you don't know Him, you haven't given your life to Him, you can't serve Him. And let me tell you this, you can't just sprinkle some concrete on top of a broken foundation and expect it to to work and it to become solid again. Likewise, you can't just sprinkle some Jesus on top of your broken life and expect everything to be fine. He has to be the foundation of it all. He has to be what you're building upon. It can't be that you build your life on something else and you add some Jesus to the top. That doesn't work. And folks, I think there's a lot of Christians today, people that call themselves Christians, that that's exactly what they've done. Their foundation is riches. Their foundation is pleasure. Their foundation is comfort. The foundation is family. The foundation is all these things, a job. And God says, no, the foundation must be Jesus Christ. Peter tells us in chapter 2, verse 7, he says, So the honor is for you who believe, but for those who do not believe, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. In other words, what he's saying is, for those of us who believe, we understand that Jesus is the foundation. And for those that rejected Jesus, they're missing their foundation altogether, they don't have a foundation. And so we need a firm foundation if we're going to weatherproof our lives against the storms of life and against the trials and the persecution and the trouble and the pain and the heartache and ultimately the final day where we will stand before Jesus in the judgment. But the second thing that we need is durable materials to build with. We need some durable materials. So look again at the scripture with me in verse 23, the second half. He says, since you've been born again... Not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and abiding Word of God. Now, he's using uh, the, these terms of seed, talking about being born, that we've been born again. And he's using this contrast, and he's saying, everything that is of flesh and everything that is earthly is temporary. Every, it is all finite. Human beings are finite. All the things that you see around you today are temporary. And they're going to go away one day. But everything else is born of God. Everything that's heavenly, that's of God, it is permanent and it's infinite. And so as you think about those finite things, the earthly things, Peter is quoting from Isaiah 46 through 8 in this text. And he says, it says in Isaiah, the full context here in Isaiah, a voice cries, uh, says cry and I say, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and its beauty is like the flower of the field. The grass withers and the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows on it. See, one day, at the end of time, the holy breath of God's righteous indignation will blow a heat upon this earth that consumes everything that we see. Isaiah goes on to say, surely the people are grass. The, gla- the grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of God will stand forever. And What Peter is quoting here from Isaiah is what Isaiah is saying is that some people are going to be blown away at the end, at the judgment. They're going to go away with everything else that is temporary on this earth. And they're going to go into a place called hell. The lake of fire. We know that others of us will stand in that judgment because we trusted in Christ. In 2 Peter, Peter says it this way, chapter 3, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief and then the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. You think about that for just a minute. The heavenly bodies... The sun, the moon, the stars, planets, the galaxies, the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul says this, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And we already talked about that. We talked about that. We need a firm foundation in verse 12. He says, now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold or silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest. And you know what I read whenever I see that? I see the three little pigs. Because I'm a dad. And some of the the little piggies build with the wrong material. But notice that who is doing the huffing and puffing in this story? The Lord himself will blow against those houses. And that the heat, the fire that comes from the breath of his mouth, it will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that any has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. Now, as Paul is writing, he's writing to Christians, people that already have a foundation, but he's telling us to build upon that foundation. And he's saying, if you build on that foundation with permanent things, remember what Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you. So if you're building upon that foundation with a life of good works for the kingdom of God, based upon the Word of God, if you will build your life that way, that life will result in Christ our Savior saying to us, well done, good and faithful. And a reward and a blessing. If you don't, even as a Christian with a firm foundation, if you're not building on that foundation, then the works will be burned up. In other words, you'll waste your time here on this earth I thought about the other day when we were at we were having our uh, leadership team meeting, and we're all gathered around the table and we're discussing the the disrepair of one of our buildings back here in the back, one of our outbuildings. And we said, you know, we need to get that thing into shape and we need to weatherproof it, get it put back together. And as we were having that discussion, I heard three people. We talked about siding that building. Heard three people say simultaneously on other side, opposite sides of the table heard them say hardy board. And I thought, wonder why hardy board has such a reputation that immediately people talk about that. Well, what is hardy board? Hardy board is basically concrete and fibers molded into a board. And it's rock hard on the outside. Now, you can break it in half, but if it's installed properly, you just about can't break that stuff with a hammer. I mean, you can slam it with a sledgehammer. It's hard as a rock. It's durable material. Now, if we were going to go to the store today and decide we're going to build a building and we wanted it to be as durable as possible, we would choose building building materials that are durable like concrete and brick and stone and mortar and hardy board and metal. Things like that. We wouldn't choose sticks and straw and hay and stubble, would we? I was driving through my neighborhood this spring. And uh, I saw on the side of the road, beautiful flowers. Spring flowers all on the side of the road. We picked some of them and brought them in the house for Allison to look at. Just absolute beautiful I mean, just nature proclaiming the glory of God and the splendor of LSU purple and gold. (laughs) But you know what? You drive through my neighborhood now, it's brown, dusty, and dirty. All those flowers are gone. Maybe some green sprigs here and there but all the flowers are gone. And what Peter reminds us is this, everything in this on this earth is temporary. If you attach your life to things on this earth, it will blow away. It's all going to blow away. If you attach your life and you build your life upon that firm foundation, you attach your life to things that are heavenly and you build upon a foundation a life of good works to the glory of God for His kingdom. Then that will last forever and no one can take it away. It will weather the, the test of time. And, and in Peter's mind, the most permanent things on this earth were silver and gold and precious stones. And what Peter says is we're building with things that are even more permanent than those things. We're building with durable materials. Jesus said this. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law of the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Amen. He says in 24 of Matthew, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. What you watch and what you read and what you listen to, what you allow to influence you, the activities that you find yourself doing, those are the building materials of your life. Choose God's Word and do God's will. So you need a firm foundation. You need durable building materials. But lastly, you need a solid plan. You need a solid plan. A plan that's not... Your plan, not man's plan, but God's plan. You know, man's plans will fail. How many of you ever had plans that didn't succeed? Amen? Every once in a while, I see a foundation that, that was poured and everything was done, and then it was just overgrown, and nothing was ever done with that foundation. It's just a slab. They had great plans, but they never finished anything. Religion is man's feeble attempt to get to God and to deal with the reality of death. But God's plan of salvation is His perfect plan to deal with the reality of sin and death. Look at what it says here, again with me. Verses 24 and following. For all flesh is grass, and it's glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls. Folks, we're all going to die one day. But the word of the Lord remains forever, and this word is the good news that was preached to you. This is God's plan of salvation. I remember last uh, last week, last uh, time my in-laws were in town. I guess that was Father's Day. We wanted to celebrate with Allie's dad, Mr. Gary, and so on Saturday we took the boat out to. The, uh, to Sand Island early in the morning. And we said, we're going to go out, we're going to spend a little time relaxing that morning on the beach. But and by forgetting it, God's Word will accomplish the thing it is set out to do, and either you'll get with the plan or you'll get left behind. And that's the way it works. You need a solid plan, and you need to stick to the plan. Proverbs sixteen three says, Commit your work to the Lord. In other words, what that means is take it all to the Lord. Take it to God and say, God, what is the plan? Have you done that with your life? Have you said, God, here's my life. Now, what's the plan? I wake up in the morning and I say, OK, God, what do you want me to do for you today? And we do that. You know, I've, I'm going to share this with you. This is just a little bit of me and my psychology for a minute. OK, sorry if we're waiting off in the woods here in the weeds here. But I've been saying lately, I've been saying, God, make me your ox today. You think, well, what is that? Well, I, I read in the scripture, God said, do not muzzle the ox while he's threshing. And I thought about that. And I said, well, God's, God's taking care of me really well. Am I really threshing the wheat like he tells me to? I want to be his ox. I want to be bold in my study. I want to be an ox in my study so I can be a bull in this pulpit. That's what I want to do. God, make me your ox. But I pray that prayer and I pray those prayers about, God, whatever you want me to do, that's what I want to do today. You know why? Because I want his plan for my life. I want his word to be my will that I will do it. And so he says, commit your word to the Lord, whatever it is that you're going to do, commit that to the Lord and your plans will be established. Why? Because they're not your plans anymore. Now they're his plans. And you're building according to the plan for your life. God's plan of salvation was to send Jesus Christ, the living word, to be the sacrifice for your sin and my sin. God's plan of salvation is the only sure plan for your life. I'm going to break it down to you real quick. I'm going to put it to you this way. One day you're going to die. And you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. You'll be there. I'll be there. But we're going to stand and we're going to give an account for everything that we've done. And I want to ask you this. What is your plan? What's your plan for that moment? Now I've asked people all all over the world. I've asked people. If you were to die today and stand before God, what would you say to God that would convince Him to allow you into His heaven? What are you going to say? What's your plan? Jesus said, Whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as a light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I have spoken will judge him on the last day. you think about that for a moment? Jesus' word, not only will it last forever, not only will these words, the living word of God, last forever, but it will be the judge on the last day. You're going to be judged according to whether or not you've believed the good news of Jesus Christ, the gospel, on that day. You know, he's thinking about Abraham and how he lived his life and he builds on a solid foundation of faith. The Bible says that Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. The foundation was laid and then... The rest of his life, he was building on that foundation according to the plan of God that he had for his life. And as he was doing that, he was building himself a home in heaven. God was building his home in heaven. Hebrews 11.10 says, For he was looking forward to that city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. He was building upon that foundation. Have you built upon that foundation, Christian? Revelation 22. Listen, you can't change God's word. You can fight it today and you can disbelieve it, but you can't change it. Revelation gives us this warning. It says, I warn, this is John, the apostle writing. He says, I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in this book. He said, listen, God's word doesn't change. It's the same. And it will stand forever. And if you try to mess with it, God will punish you for that. So let me ask you this. Do you believe it? I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. I can stand here and say with absolute certainty and clarity that Jesus is the only way for you to be saved. That's the only plan that God has given. There is no other plan for your life or for my life. I won't work my way to heaven. I won't be good enough. I won't serve hard enough. I won't love from a pure heart enough to get myself to heaven. The only way that I'll make it to heaven is by believing in what Jesus Christ has done, that He lived a sinless life, that He died on the sinner's cross, and that He was raised again on the third day, and He's alive. And He accepts any sinner who comes to Him in repentance and faith. And He'll give you eternal life. And so if you believe that today, you're believing in Jesus today, I want to lead you in a prayer where you can communicate that faith to the Lord and receive the forgiveness of God, salvation of your soul, what you truly need, The only answer for it all. The plan of God for you. Pray this prayer with me. Say, dear Jesus, I admit to you that I am a sinner. I've done things that are wrong. And I haven't done the things that are right. And I deserve the penalty for my sin. I deserve to be separated from you forever. Be blown away. But Lord, I believe that you lived the sinless life, the life that I could not live. And you died in my place on the cross. Today I put my faith and my trust in you. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Forgive my sin. Give me a home in heaven with you. And I'll spend the rest of my life living for you and serving you. Thank you for my salvation. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to stand with me. This is our time of invitation. This is your opportunity that if you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, for you to share that with us so that we can rejoice together. We have resources for you. We want to pray with you. We want to talk to you about being baptized. And making, making that public the decision that you've made to trust Jesus as Lord. If you're looking for a place to love and serve Jesus, you're a born-again believer, and you want to build on the foundation of Jesus Christ, and you can build right here with us here at Myrtle Grove Baptist Church, if God is calling you here to be a member of this church, we welcome you here. And we want this is your invitation. We want to celebrate with you. And if you simply need prayer, our altar counselors will be coming forward. And you can just come and pray with one of them or you can come pray at the altar alone or you can pray right there in your pew, right where you are. You take this time of invitation. You use it as the Lord would have you. Let's sing together, I Surrender All.
0: It's all to Jesus I surrender All to Him I i okay. Something that we did at kids camp. Uh, At kid camp, we had the kids close their eyes. Um, I know you know this song, and I know you know this chorus. So you can sing this chorus from closing your eyes. So everybody, close your eyes with me. Let's sing that chorus. I surrender all. And I surrender all. And I surrender. surrender
2: That was me, not you. <laughs> He's up there going, "What I do? Just checking to make sure you're with us." Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. What is it that you're planning in your life right now? I want whatever it is to weather the storm. I want it to stand the test of time. I want it to last forever. But whatever it is, you gotta start out by committing it to the Lord. Saying, Lord, not my plan for my life, but your plan. And it will be established. Amen. You do that this week. You be seated.
5: Well another good morning to be in God's house. Right? All right. Hey, church family, just want to remind you really quick uh, just about VBS. If you've got a kiddo, they can get registered on our website. Uh, they'll go to the events. Then that link to register that kiddo is in that event. So be sure uh, you direct people there to that. And we have hard copies back in the, in the foyer as well. Uh, that being said, let me pray, and we'll be dismissed. God, we love you. God, we praise you. We thank you so much for being our firm foundation. God, I pray that if there's anybody in this room that hasn't yet made you their foundation, God, that you will do a work in their heart this week. That You will put someone, put one of us uh, in their path, God, to encourage them, direct them. God, use us. Let us be the tool uh, that you use, God, to share the gospel with those that don't know it. And encourage those that need some encouraging and need some encouragement in their walk with you. God, we love you, and we praise you. We thank you so much for another morning to worship you in your house. God, we love you in your heavenly name. Amen.